This episode of Breakthrough Success is brought to you by Author Bridge Media. Raise your credibility with a book so you can stand out, attract revenue, and inspire people. Head over to authorbridgemedia.com today and learn how you can go from idea to published book that transforms your business in six months or less. There are so many different social networks to choose from, and you've probably heard of Instagram as this place to get massive engagement and to really thrive as a content creator, acing the gram is so important. So in this episode, we have two really awesome guests who are going to share with you how you can truly ace the gram. Uh, our guests have cracked the code of influencer marketing through social media, becoming powerful voices on Instagram through their business, Ace the Gram. They focus on all things Instagram, which includes influencer marketing, giveaways, and how to use Instagram to drive traffic to your website and product. The pair has over 200,000 followers on their personal Instagrams and have worked with clients ranging from 70 followers to 1.9 million followers. So these two people know their stuff on Instagram. They are none other than Viv and Tosh. Welcome to the show. Thanks so, so much for having us. Yeah. Yeah, it's nice to connect. We're coming from New Zealand in our little isolated zones today, so it's great to connect online. <laughs> it is a pleasure to have you two on Breakthrough Success, and Instagram is this social network that everyone's looking to grow on, but there's confusion as to how do we grow on it, what are best steps, so I'm wondering if you could share with us the journey that you both took to have a combined total of 200,000 Instagram followers and key drivers for you yeah totally um Viv and I both came to Instagram sort of in different ways we were actually studying at university which is college I guess in America um and we were both studying food science but while we were studying we were both using Instagram for different purposes so Viv had started a sportswear brand and she was finding that she was getting a lot of her website traffic through using Instagram to find her target market and to sort of connect with them um and then get sales via Instagram and I had started a health and wellness page where I was using it to showcase art and photography um and I was growing that so that I could you know have a more creative portfolio to reach out to companies and start to um have more of a CV I guess to showcase you know my talents but um yeah we we just started helping each other out with figuring out you know what how the algorithm worked and how people were growing and we were analyzing other accounts of you know how businesses were getting more growth than another business and I think that research over time and then um you know working with companies now all over the world and in different industries has given us a lot of insight on how to you know cut through and actually connect with that target audience and grow that engaged following um and that sort of brings us to today which has been a bit of a journey <laughs> And it's interesting how you both have different reasons for using Instagram, but you get connected because you want to use Instagram to grow your audiences. Then you realize, hey, let's help other people do this because we have this whole Instagram thing figured out. One of the things is hashtags on Instagram. Can you walk us through a little bit how we best use them, where to put them and everything hashtags? Yeah, sure. So, and that it's funny you ask that because that is one of the things we do get asked about the most. So, I suppose the the thing to think about with 
push tags is, you know, Instagram gives us all these tools that we can use to put our content in different places on the platform. And by all means, we should be using, you know, every opportunity that they give us. So, um, you know, by tagging people, adding location tags, and, you know, when it comes to hashtags, we're allowed to use 30 hashtags per post. So by all means, go and use all 30. In terms of like where to post um, the hashtags, we sort of just suggest to post them um, in the first comment, just because it, then it doesn't take away from your, you know, your caption. You can add a lot of value in the caption, um, and we don't want people clicking like sort of see more just to see a list of 30 hashtags. So we um, put them in the first comment for that reason, and it doesn't really affect your place in the um, in the algorithm and in the hashtag um, feeds if you post them straight away. So um, when you're selecting your hashtags though, um, there's a few different things you sort of need to think about. So there's sort of three three main points you should think about. What, the first being um, what's actually in your photo. So when Facebook bought Instagram, they actually um, started using Lumos, which is Facebook's image recognition software to pick up what's actually in your photo. So if you post a picture of a dog and you hashtag um, book, um, Instagram will say, well, that's not actually a picture of a book. So why would I put that in the hashtag feed? You know, for them, they want to keep their users on the platform for as long as possible. Um, and they do that by giving the users value, showing them what they want to see. So um, the first point when you're thinking about what hashtags to use is to think about, okay, well, what's actually in my photo? And then I suppose the second um, point you need to think about is if you've ever been on Instagram before, you've had a little search, maybe, um, you know, click on the magnifying glass. And if you search within the hashtags and you click on a hashtag up the very top, um, it'll have the sort of related tags and you'll be able to scroll through um, horizontally through those sort of what Instagram's essentially saying is in the same niche as. Um, so if you look up hashtag coffee, you'll probably find hashtag latte, hashtag latte art, um, hashtag cafe. So it's all sort of in the same niche. So we can then build out our list of 30 hashtags using those using some of those related tags because that's our way of talking to the Instagram algorithm and saying like, okay, yes, I've posted a picture of my coffee, um, but I also want to be known and, um, you know, known in the sort of niche of Instagram and I want to sort of tell the Instagram algorithm where I want to be kind of placed. Um, so that's that's another way to fill out your hashtags. And the third thing you need to think about is actually, well, what might people be searching for to find my product or service? So are there things that are specific to the location where you're at of your business? Um, is there like a specific recipe maybe that you've made? What is it that people might actually be searching for to find your product or service? And when we put those sort of, um, you know, three tiers into our hashtag strategy in terms of, um, you know, what's actually in the photo, some niche related tags, and then what people might be searching for, that's when we get that really good combination of 30 good hashtags. Um, and to check those, it's always a good idea to um, keep an eye on your post insights. So if you click on, if you've got a professional account on Instagram and you click on um, view insights of any post, you should be able to see how many impressions you're getting from hashtags. So you may notice that, um, you know, some, uh, maybe you've got different sets of hashtags depending on the content that you post. And you may find that, you know, some hashtags are doing really well and others not so much. So there may be like room there for you to then change up a few hashtags um, to increase those impressions that way. And it's really great to use all 30 of those hashtags because each hashtag is just a little bit extra potential discoverability. And I think when people think of Instagram discoverability, they just think about the hashtags. I do want to get into, you know, are there any possible other ones? But before we do that, one thing I know that is a strategy is you find a hashtag and you comment on all people's pictures. Is that a strategy you to utilize to grow on Instagram or are you using other discoverability strategies? 
Yeah, I think when it comes to growth strategies on Instagram, often they require, you know, either time investment or money investment, whether it's, um, you know, ad spend or competitions or influencer marketing or all those things that require budget. Um, the engagement strategy is one where you can be, you know, rich in time, but not in money and you want a free way to grow your profile. And that's when it can be really powerful to engage with your target audience. Um, and a lot of people have trouble with the you know authenticity of this but if you just think about it like you know you're standing at a trade show and you're handing out your business card or your you know you're handing out your business card to everyone walking past and they have the choice whether to take that business card from you or not and follow you up with whether they're interested um so it's you know they would have never heard about you if you hadn't been standing there telling them that you exist so that's what we think of you know an engagement strategy as is just hey i exist um i think that you might be interested in what I have to offer um, and then it's their choice whether they follow you up on that or not um, but a key thing in that is to be super authentic and human with your comments so you know as you go through and you like and, and you're commenting don't just comment great pick comment something specific about the picture um, don't try and sell within the comments just you know go through and be really authentic and another great engagement strategy is to reply to a lot of stories and the reason that we recommend this is because replying to a story is replying to a conversation that that brand or that influencer has already started. So they they have created that and they're wanting engagement and they're wanting um, replies to that. So if you can, you know, answer a conversation that they've already begun, you're going to have more traction with getting their attention. Um, so yeah, we definitely recommend that as one of the discoverability techniques because you are right, is these discoverability techniques are so are so important because there's this myth that if we post nice comment frequently on Instagram, then we'll grow and, you know, we'll create the successful Instagram profile. Um, you know, that's not the case. We have to go out and find our target audience and we have to go out and you know, let them know that we exist so that then they have the choice of coming over and engaging with us. And for the commenting strategy, because I've heard of that one before, I haven't heard of the replying to stories, but I do see how, you know, if you want to get someone's attention, you reply to their story because not many people even think about doing that. Uh, do you recommend a certain number of comments we should leave per day? Like, should we be leaving 10 comments or 20 comments? Like, what would you say is a minimum? Um, I think it just depends on, you know, the time you have. And it also comes into play of, you know, Instagram is often only a part of your whole marketing mix and a part of all the things you're doing. So if you can integrate it into your day so that it's achievable and not, you know, this huge task that you have to do, then often it's, we recommend, you know, if you're waiting at a doctor's appointment, if you're waiting in a line, if you're sitting in front of the TV, that's when you should be engaging and just, just turning your behavior on Instagram around. So just be a lover, not a lurker, start to actually engage on the posts that you see and, and you'll get huge return from that. So it's, it's not so much as, you know, do 10 comments a day. It's more when you're on the platform, which for most people is actually quite frequently, um, actually be engaging as you scroll don't just scroll mindlessly and that'll that'll create results and commenting is one of those things where with a lot of this stuff is either you put in a ton of time instead of money or you put in a ton of money when you don't have time i know uh you two mentioned that a little earlier but uh, one of the things you hit on was influencer marketing and there's a lot of good ways to do this but 
I feel like this is a very like a little bit higher on the risk reward side because you could get an influencer who doesn't have the level of engagement or it doesn't work very well versus an influencer who brings massive amounts of traffic to you. So how do you find the right influencers to partner up? Yeah, I think the biggest, um, you know, the biggest thing with influencers is, you know, like you say in the keyword there is, um, you know, find. So the research phase um, and the communication around that is actually the most important part of that process, um, just because it relates so heavily on um, the niche that you're in. So you'll find that once you start talking to people, um, you know, having run lots of influencer campaigns at Instagram before, um, we always go out and first kind of research um, you know, what's the going rate in this sort of niche in this area? Um, what are people happy to do? It can depend on what you're offering. So if you've got like a higher price product, you might look at just using like some um, larger influencers for a longer period of time versus a lower cost product. Um, you might then look at just, um, you know, having that, having that like, sent out to like 20 or 30 different influencers at a time in the same location, you know, so um, it totally depends on yeah initially um what that what that sort of looks like and then i suppose in terms of finding the right ones it then comes down to the fit and what you're actually trying to achieve from the campaign so have a little think about okay well what am i doing this for um and with that being said like where are the people um hanging out that i want to actually target so are they in a certain location in which case like choose influences from a certain location so you start to get that crossover um you know are my other people that i'm trying to target interested in um you know beauty or makeup or maybe they're interested in gaming you know what is it um and then from there really dial in on that niche because you need to build up those touch points um and you need people to see it more than once so instead of just using um you know, you either use a larger influencer over a long period of time or you use multiple influencers. And in, in both ways, people are saying it again and again and again. Um, and in order to get your message across, again, being really clear about what you want to achieve, um, you can then let the influencer know what you kind of expect out of the transaction and then they can feel like it's an even, you know, it needs to be an even playing field so everyone ends up winning, if that makes sense. And... With the transaction, which does take place, obviously, for the influencer to post, how do you determine like what to charge for that? Do you look at their number of followers and number of likes and use those numbers to make some type of conclusion? Or do you have another approach for price point? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, it, sort of, it does come down to um, a lot of factors and a lot of that you know, like for example, in New Zealand, we don't have, you know, because we don't have that many people, um, the rates for influence marketing are actually really high. Um, so it, it's just actually a matter of going out um, and seeing what the going rate is, if you like. So I like to sort of record all that data and make sure, okay, they've got this amount of followers, they're charging this, oh, they're charging more because they've got an agent. Um, you know, and you kind of take all these different things into account. Um, and, and yeah, you can only kind of work it out um, once you start going. And you might want to just do like a little um, baby campaign at the start. And then if it works really well, then go and, you know, like pay someone for multiple posts or something. But um, to, to begin with, you might just send them some product and get them to story. And if it goes really well, then, you know, work further with them and, and pay more money there. And with the influencer marketing, I mean, you can pay an influencer to share your content, but how can we flip that around? How can the person listening, the Instagrammer, become an influencer and get brands approaching them? Yeah, I think this comes back to, um, you know, how much value 
can you portray as an influencer for brands so that they will want to work with you? Um, and I know that, you know, really popular brands get inundated every day with all these influencers messaging them saying, hey, I'd love to be an ambassador. Um, and the best way that you can, you can, you know, put yourself in a different category to these influencers is to not only create your profile so that it is actually a valuable exchange for a brand. So, you know, you've got that engaged audience, you're creating high quality content, you're really giving value to your audience. Um, but then on top of that, figuring out how you can show to the brand that you're actually a really good candidate by giving them value before you ask for anything. So either create content of their product or service first, um, come up with a creative, come up with a campaign, and then send that to them and say, hey, I really love your product or brand. Um, I've created this, like I'm just really passionate about it. And then, you know, you don't have to even ask for anything in the first place. And then from that, that's often how people are chosen to work with brands in the future is because they've had a really good experience with them. So then, you know, down the track, you might come up with a campaign idea and say, um, Hey, you know, I've, I've got this great idea. I've created this, this, and this, like, would you be keen on doing like aligning and doing this with me? Um, and just, just think about it in the, in the space of, um, you know, you want to be making their job easier and providing value to them so they choose you as opposed to just asking because you feel entitled to be working with them. So just think value first. And the way you position yourself as an influencer, I mean, if you can't add other things to it, so like, you know, I'll put you on Instagram, I'll give you a shout out on YouTube, I'll do a podcast sponsor for you, like that's adding more to your package and that's one of the ways you can charge more for what you do and I know we talked about hashtags a little earlier and using the right hashtags is obviously very important but another part of that is the posting frequency because if you post once a week that doesn't necessarily give you enough like it's harder to hit the numbers so I'm wondering if you could share with us how often should we be posting and how do we find like good pictures to post even if we scroll through our phone and we can't find anything? Yeah, really good question. I think, um, you know, you would have got a very different answer a few years ago, you know, when it was really essential to be posting at least once a day. Um, now we're in a position where on Instagram, we kind of think about, okay, well, how often can I provide value to my audience? So, hey, if I can only provide value three times a week, then that's totally fine. But um, where we're at now is that we can actually provide um, value with, you know, less awesome photos or content you know curated content on stories so stories have given us this opportunity if you like to then be in front of our audience all the time um, we're seeing constant increases in story usage um, and it allows us to um, you know put out content that isn't perfect you don't have to spend a lot of time creating that story content um, you know some of the best some of the best content we're seeing at the moment is just like um <clears throat> videos shot on iPhone of like different recipes being made, you know, well, people can't go outside because we're in lockdown. Um, so it just, it just comes back to how you can provide that value. And then on top of that, in terms of creating the content, like, um, pardon me, <coughs> I for one am someone that, oh, I've got a really croaky voice. I, for one, am someone that doesn't have a massive eye. So um, I've always sort of found little loopholes around that, whether that be like getting a little bit of extra content training or actually um, if you've got a lower cost product, sending it to people not even with the intention of using it for their audience 
months, um, but having like sent product out just to get photos from people. And then from doing that thought, okay, these people did the best photos. I'll send them product every month in exchange for photos. So um, I think there's a lot of loopholes. Um, but then again, you know, it might be that you have like a service and it's a little bit trickier to um, maybe you don't have that tangible thing that you can take a photo of. Um, then it's about how can you actually, you know, make, maybe create like consistent graphics using canva.com. That's like the easiest way to um, create those. And then actually bringing that value into your caption. So you've probably got a lot of knowledge that you can share um, and utilize your caption for that because that's the, you know, those are often really underused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, people aren't using the captions well enough. Like when you see like people who are really successful, like they're getting a lot of likes for their pictures. They got so many followers. You usually see a very long caption uh, with the hashtags and the comments as was mentioned already. And it's really interesting how the Instagram stories, you can show your imperfect self and uh, with the regular feed, like you can use Canva. Do you ever like, do you recommend like there's a lot of like quote pictures that, float around do you recommend those as compared to showing yourself because i know some people like to take these like really fancy pictures of themselves of, like the nature and scenery but we can't do that now given the time of the recording so uh what are your thoughts on that yeah, yeah i get sort of sorry tash you go oh yeah no i think um with with when it comes to quotes we are just really um you know you should have a really specific style and um, people should sort of, when they see a post from you, know that it's from you before they read the name. So often Canva, Canva can be a really powerful tool to make quotes that, you know, even if you take the quote from somewhere, put them in your own style and your own colors um, so that it looks really cohesive on your feed. And when people see it, they think, oh, that's so-and-so. I think, you know, Gina Kutcher does this really well. Amy Porterfield does this really well. As soon as you see one of their quote quote tiles even though it's a quote tile you know it's from them um, and I think another important thing that they do is that's not the only content um because that's not their their primary value so it's really important for them as personal brands to also be in the photos um so you know they might have five key content pillars it might be um quote tile it might be um you know photo of their lifestyle it might be like work tip and it might be like client sort of testimonial client image um and that quote tile is only one content pillar so while we do you know see value in those and they can be a really good addition to your content strategy um often just quote piles don't do as well anymore unless that's literally your only intention for instagram whether you're just motivational quotes and you're only using it as a traffic driver towards a you know a motivational book or something um but yeah usually for personal brands and brands having more than one dimension to your content strategy is important and i do like the having canva to like make your image you where people know it's you like we process images much faster than text and if we could keep associating a certain image with someone that helps build the recognition and that can help you uh, build a more loyal tribe. One more thing that I do want to get into is because I know that giveaways are pretty hot on Instagram and they're a good way to grow. Uh, At the same time, I feel like too many people rush to just offering $50 Amazon gift cards. So I'm wondering if you could share with us, how can we effectively use giveaways to grow on Instagram? Yeah, so I think the um, the easiest way that we've sort of broken this down 
um, has been actually what we call like an ACE method. So there's three, again, three kind of components to this and to think about um, to make sure that your giveaway goes well. Because like you say, um, there's a lot of people out there at the moment that are sort of missing the mark or they're doing a giveaway. They're not getting the results that they um, maybe would have liked to. Um, I think you've got to think about now that people, you know, there are a lot of people doing giveaways. So what can you do to make it stand out? Um, and you've got to sort of captivate people. So the first thing you've got to think about um, is attract. So how can you attract the right audience? What is it that you're giving away? Does the actual imagery look really massive? So if you, um, you know, like the books behind you, Mark, it looks really big. If you were giving away some books instead of just like, taking a flat lay, if you've spread them out and it looks like there's lots of different levels, um, you know, we've seen people give away, um, you know, even if it's not your own product, going out and buying product that you know your target audience will be interested in. We've seen like clothing brands give away, um, you know, Justin Bieber tickets because they're targeting young girls or, um, you know, even um, Kylie Lip Kits, like they haven't collaborated with Kylie Jenner, but they're giving away the product because they know that it's going to attract their target audience. It's going to make them stop scrolling and have a look. Um, and then the second thing to think about is actually, um, you know, collaborate. Do you actually want to collaborate with maybe one other person? And if you are going to collaborate, don't collaborate with too many people. So, um, you know, one, I would say even maximum one other other account you know and you might find that if you've got like a smaller audience um, you can collaborate with someone bigger you might contribute something extra to the giveaway or you may even um, collaborate with an influencer or another business um, and and pay them to to be part of it and to use you know use their audience like an influencer um, and then thirdly think about how easy it is to enter so you don't want to, like, you can't ask people to go, um, you know, pick, take a picture of their cat, um, you know, print it out, take a selfie with it, and then post it to Instagram and use a certain hashtag. Um, you need to you need to make it super easy to enter. So, you know, we've seen flights being given away, and all you've got to do is, like, follow two accounts and tag a friend, you know, and doing little sneaky tricks like actually um, just tag a friend to enter and one tag per entry, enter as many times as you like. So instead of tagging one, you know, five friends in one comment, you all of a sudden have five comments, which leads to, you know, an increase in engagement. So thinking about, you know, how can you, how can you attract that audience? Do you need to collaborate with someone? And then making sure that it's as easy as possible to enter. Those are the three, um, the three, three things that you need to think about when you're doing your giveaways. And I do love that tag suggestion because I've seen that a little bit in action where it's like tag a friend and there's a reason behind it, like a giveaway or like tag a friend who needs to see this and you get a lot more comments and uh, like comments are a big engagement indicator. It's going to help you in the Instagram algorithm and really help you to ace the gram. And I know Viv and Tosh are, uh, I mean, you've heard them already, you know, they're experts on this topic. So I think if you guys like this episode, you should keep following Viv and Tosh. So where do we go to keep following your work and journey? Yeah. Um, thanks for that. Um, yeah. So our podcast, Ace the Gram, is where we dive deep into all things Instagram marketing. We talk to businesses and influencers who have um, smashed the gram in various creative ways and have really cool insights. Um, and then we talk about trending things and things like, you know, what you should be posting right now during these crazy times. Um, and, you know, Ace the Gram podcast is on all podcasting platforms or just come over to Ace the Gram podcast on Instagram and let us know that you were listening we'll have all those links down below in the show notes also at strategy call if you guys want any podcasts or youtube coaching or management markberry.com slash strategies to link but viv and tosh thank you so much for joining us on breakthrough success it was a pleasure to have you here today thanks mark thanks for having us yeah thanks for having us